mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern. And the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin. And so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z Zibby 20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. Carrie Doherty is the author of Somewhere Right Now, 
She is a founder and chief impact officer of Faraday Brand, a lifestyle clothing brand centered on sustainability, craft, and community, which, by the way, is one of my all-time favorite brands. And in many pictures on Instagram, I am wearing Faraday Brand clothing, including in my bio, uh, the one with the check dress, and so many other pictures. I'm obsessed. It's so comfortable and fits really well. And anyway, just love Faraday. And they're popping up all over. Prior to starting Faraday, her background was in law, human rights, and mindfulness. She's passionate about using creativity and community as a tool to cultivate joy. She lives in Brooklyn with her two kids, husband, and an orange tree. This is her first book. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. So happy to be here. Oh, this is so fun for me. And we did the launch event for Princess Charming together along with some other fabulous women children's book authors, which of course is only one little aspect of all of us and particularly all of you. But I was able to talk to you about your book then and now I'm excited to dive in even more to the book and your life and everything exciting. <laughs> all the things, all, all the things. All the things. <laughs> and of course, the best part, well, maybe not the best part, but a great part is that we have the same publisher, Flamingo Books, and the same editor, Margaret Anastas. So I feel like we are book siblings in a way, which means we're family. So there you go. Mutual friends from the Sanders. Yes. Yes. Tomorrow. Yes, of course. That too, which is also, I, probably, I could have led with that, I guess. But anyway. Okay. So let's talk about your book to start. Tell listeners about your book, how it became a book, what the main messages are, which kids should definitely read this book, blah, blah, blah. Well, as my four-year-old says, Riggs, he says, this book is about feelings, which pretty much sums it up. But <laughs> I wrote the book during COVID when you know we were stuck inside and dealing with a lot of stresses. And during the day, you know, each of us was having difficult feelings. And so the book is really about a family, a son, a daughter, and parents who throughout the day either are frustrated, angry, sad, or exhausted. And the, the family members acknowledge that in each other and then also remind each other that somewhere right now, something beautiful is still happening. That's the title of my book, Somewhere Right Now. I think I have had all four of those emotions even this morning before nine <laughs> o'clock, know. you know? <laughs> and you know, for me, it was really important to have a kid's book where the parents had feelings. So the dad is sad, the mom's exhausted, because I think it's important for our children to know that, you know, their parents are also human and also go through everything. And this idea of normalizing how we feel. And I even have noticed it with my kids you know, I have a six-year-old and four-year-old, a lot of temper tantrums going through all the things that when I'm like, you know what? I too get frustrated at that. I see something shift in them. Like, oh, wow, these feelings don't just belong to me. This is a part of being human. And so that's really something that I, I wanted to convey. My background had been in mindfulness. And so I read a lot of kids' books, a lot of kids' book about mindfulness. And this was just kind of my lens in in my offering in the world of, I guess, parenting and, and, and yeah, visualizations and acknowledgement of feelings and, and all the things. Well, thank you for helping out the rest of us with this, <laughs> giving something for a tool to put in our toolbox when our resources emotionally are completely diminished. I feel like this book really, really comes in handy and is so helpful for everyone. Wait, go back to your career in mindfulness because that's so cool to even have as a career. And to go back to growing up, like give us your backstory, where you grew up and what you wanted to be when you grew up and how you ended up in this field. 
I grew up in Buffalo, New York. My mom was a yoga teacher. I feel like really before yoga was so mainstream. And so she would always make us listen to chanting on our way to school and always had a gratitude journal, like all of the things. And I think at a young age, then I was in, you know, embedded in some of these resources that I didn't know were mindfulness at the time, but they were. And then went to college, played a sport. It felt like, you know, very competitive all the time. That like type A part of me was always on high alert. Wait, what sport? Wait, wait, slow um, down. What? Lacrosse. Okay. I did lacrosse. Then I went to law school. And I think it was in law school when I realized, you know, wow, I stressed a lot. And so I went to Pepperdine Law School, but UCLA has an institute on mindfulness called the Mindfulness Awareness Research Center, Mindful Awareness Research Center. And so I started training there just on my own accord. And I had been working with human rights and social justice. And so having that mindfulness tool just for myself felt really grounding. And then after law school, I was clerking for a judge. And my judge said to me one day, you know, would you ever do mindfulness with some of these defendants? We have a a bunch of young defendants who are charged with, you know, drug crimes and it might be helpful for them. And so I started doing mindfulness with some of the defendants. And then my judge said, you know, my daughter actually has performance anxiety and she's studying for the SATs. Would you do mindfulness with her? And I said, sure. And then there was an opportunity to teach mindfulness um, for continuing legal educations for lawyers. So by the time I ended my clerkship, I had this full-fledged mindfulness business, which I called the Mindful Mentors. And this was, I guess, in 2010. And I did that for two years and really thought that would be my trajectory. And then as you know, my husband and brother-in-law, their dream was to start a clothing company, Fairity Brand. And so the month they started, they just looked at me and they said, we need help. And that really shifted my career in mindfulness to retail. And so now we have have a clothing company. It's not just a clothing company. It is like one of my most favorite (laughs) brands ever. She just slid that in really casually, fairdybrand.com. F-A-H-E-R-T-Y-B-R-A-N-D.com. Go check it out. And Fairty Brand is our number one ambassador. I probably am. I'm probably like, have you know, I'm probably keeping your business afloat during the toughest times of... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it's so great. I love the clothes. They're so comfortable. I just finished packing for the weekend and I was like, oh, I love this shirt and I love these. It's it's like high quality, it's comfort. And I think... You know, we're at a place, and I know you feel like this too, with your business and all your different passions. It's like we're no longer compartmentalized, you know, in terms like how we show up is how we show up. And mm-hmm. whether it's in our writing or whether it's in the businesses we're running or whether it's like with our team, like all of us are, I don't know, especially after the pandemic, like we're all just in it at all times. And so for me, it's like, how am I showing up as a leader? How are we incorporating mindfulness into you know, retail and clothing and making smart decisions. And whether I'm writing a book or sitting in a Zoom meeting about marketing, I think it's bringing our full selves to all of these decisions. hundred percent. So important. I feel like it really comes through no matter what the product is, right? You can tell. Intention. Yeah, for sure. I love to hear that. That's because it is, we, we are obsessed kind of about the details and, and what we put out into the world. But you are Chief Sustainability Officer. No, I did it wrong. Chief, Chief Impact. So Chief Sustainability. Impact. Okay. Okay. Chief Impact, Impact Officer. So talk about that. <laughs> so 
we do, you know, making sure sustainability, our sustainability efforts are where we want them to be, which a lot comes down to supply chain, packaging, kind of all that non-sexy stuff, but that's super important. And then around our culture. So what's it like to come to work at Therity every day? Our community events. So we have an event series called Sun Sessions, which is around like good people spreading good vibes. So we do a lot of stuff with musicians, workshops. We've had retreats in the past. And do have my background in law. So still do that a little bit. Although I'm like really ready to retire from the law. But yeah, so those are all the things I have my hands in. Wow. Yeah. And our name, it's our name on the brand. So I think it's so important for us that we... I never legally changed my name, but it's so important for us. It's like a direct reflection of who we are, the things that we put out into the world. That's so funny. There's so many people who didn't legally change their name, but go by their husband's name. Have you found that? I feel like more and more people are just like, oh yeah, I didn't change my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, do, they don't make it very easy. I did change my name both times, but... You know, probably because I really couldn't wait to like get rid of my original last name. I was like, I keep trading up here in my last name, you know, but, <laughs> but they don't, they definitely don't make it easy. But yes, I don't know. Maybe this is a new long-term trend that totally, I don't know. And I relate to having your name on the brand as I'm trying to start this publishing company, Zibby Books. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like if people don't like the book, are they not going to like me? <laughs> no, I know. I'm so worried. Anyway, <laughs> oh, maybe I should have named it something else, but too late, I guess. Is it too late? Maybe I could still change it. <laughs> still change it. But I think, yeah, I think it's great. I think it it helps people trust brands and trust companies when someone is the face of it. And yeah. it's also more pressure. But I do think that human element is so important. Yeah. And, you know, so many people adore and love you already and like and trust your voice and trust the people you're interviewing in the podcast and the work that you're putting out. And so I think it only adds value. I hope so. I mean, I love our books, you know, just everything has to be so perfect. You know, it's just, so, there's so many elements. This is a lot more challenging than I thought. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ah, but anyway, okay. So go back to then you were going through this experience, but why write a book? Why did you, like, had you always wanted to write a children's book? How did, how did, have you written other stuff? Have you written curriculums for mindfulness? How I, wrote writing? Curriculum, I wrote curriculums for mindfulness. I've always been an avid writer, like a journaler. I think I wrote my own obituary when I was like eight years old. I like, I'm a Gemini. So there's a part of me that's like optimistic and compassionate and mindful. And then like deep down, I'm like a sick fuck and like <laughs> ringing about like, <laughs> like horror stories and ghost stories and all that kind of stuff. But I had met our mutual publisher and editor, Margaret, when I was had a mindfulness blog. And she said, you know, I think you have a kid's book in you. And I said, I think I do too. But that was 2011. And so 10 years had passed. And then during COVID, I wrote a Instagram post on Fairy Brand. And it was a picture of a whale swimming with her calf through the sea. And I said, I know things are hard right now, but somewhere right now, this is happening. And Margaret called me and said, that's the name of the book. I know the illustrator. And you have six weeks to write it. I was like, okay. And then I wrote a draft and she was like, this is not what I want. Start over. <laughs> you have five weeks to write it. And so it felt like this book was both, you know, 12 years in the making and also fell into my lap at the same time. So Margaret yeah. is like the fairy godmother sprinkling really children's is. book dust around the world. She really is. She Everybody really gets is. a book. You write a book. You write a book. It's amazing. Yeah. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But I do, I am, and I know we've talked about this a little bit, but I do, I'm a part of Brooklyn Writers Collective, which is an amazing writing group based in Brooklyn, although it's now via Zoom for anyone who wants to join. But I do feel like I have another adult book in me, and I don't know if that's a collection of essays or if it's poetry or if it's a memoir. I don't even know if it's ever going to be something I put into the world, but it is something on the side that I like find joy in writing, but that's who knows, you know, it could be two years from now or 15. That's really exciting though. And I feel like without a deadline, it's just like, you know, you can just keep, keep writing away. Would you like me to give you a deadline? (laughs) You're like, four months. I'm like, how does January 1st end? (laughs) I don't know. I guess I just don't know what it is yet. I mean, when you were writing bookends, did I know you've written a couple different iterations, but how do you know what you're writing? Or it became clear. It was a memoir. A good question. No, I mean, I wrote bookends came out of this memoir I wrote called 40 Love about falling in love again at 40, but that was only part of it. And then it also came out of a memoir I wrote called Off Balance, which was about a different part of my life from when we talked about Stacey earlier, like when she had passed away in 9-11 and all of that. And I had like, and then of course there was my whole life in between and I was trying to make sense of it. So I had two discarded memoirs and then I was like, there has to be a better framework. So I tried to sell it on proposal and then that didn't work a couple of times. Because you're right, I didn't know how exactly to do it. I knew the story, but the story felt so big at times until I figured out this way of introducing books. And for whatever reason, that made it all click for me of how I would do it as a theme. But I don't know. I mean, the first drafts, everything I did, I had to write like four times. Right, The first time was just like, I think I want to do this. Well, okay. Well, now that I did that, I can see that really the book should look like this. So I'm going to try that and then do it again. And then you're like, oh, well, now that I did that one, it would actually be really great if I, if it was like this, or maybe now it should be a novel or whatever. So yeah, I think the first draft, you just have to get out. But what do I know? Did you, how'd you structure it? Like, is it chronological or is it thematic or is it? Bookends is chronological uh-huh. and it's structured around the books I read at the time. So each chapter has 
different books that I read while I was doing it. And there's a book list at the end. Oh, I love that. And I did it. I did it in sections. And I actually, just by years, you know, like 1976 to 1982 or something like that. And then I realized at the end, there were the exact number of sections as there were letter letters in bookends. So each section starts with one of those letters. I love that. Oh, I love that. And then each chapter title is the title of, of a book that I was reading in the chapter. So smart. So, so smart. Anyway, but who knows? I mean, you know, the first thing is just getting the story out. Like, what is it that's so compelling and why? Like, why? Like, I don't know. For me, I was, I'm like, I have to tell this story. I have to, it was so crazy to me what happened with Stacy and everything. Like, I have to let other people know, you know, and I want her memory to live on. And, you know, there are all these reasons why you feel like the stories you want have to get out. So I feel like start with those. Like, what has, what do you have to get out? What do you feel like if this were cut out of the book, it's like not even worth doing the book. Like, then just start with that section. Yeah. And then it's like telling the truth the entire time. I think for me, (laughs) as I'm writing, and, you know, sometimes telling the truth affects other people in our families, in our lives. And I think for me, that's what I'm balancing is the best parts of stories are those when we're like in our rawest truthful form. And it's, but also we are a character in our own book. And like, are we a trusted narrative? Like, can we, you know, we're sharing what happened, but other people might think differently about what we're sharing. And it's like all the things I think about when I'm writing. But for now, I'm just like, be honest and write. Yes. I put in the beginning of bookends, I was like, if you were involved in any of these scenes and you remember it totally differently, you're probably right. <laughs> I'm like, but this is just how I remember it. You know, this is this is my best guess at it. But sorry, you're I'm sure you're right. But yes, you can always take stuff out. You can go in and do like a surgical extraction of any character you want. Yeah. But not until you write them. So, right. Right. I don't know. Well, that's so fun you're doing that. That's great. Amazing. What else do you have on your slate aside from, you know, basically running a business and writing a memoir and managing two kids? (laughs) Well, we're about to move. We're leaving Brooklyn. So I've been in Brooklyn for 15 years, moving out of Brooklyn to the Jersey Shore July 1st. So that's, I'm gearing up for that big move. But you're going to live permanently on the Jersey Shore? Yes. We're moving in with my mother-in-law at our family house that we go to every weekend. So it's the town where my husband grew up, Spring Lake. So it feels big. It really feels like I'm closing a chapter of my New York City life. But I think just during the pandemic, it was like our kids, we just need them to run mm-hmm. in the backyard. Yeah. It's like a lot of pressure, I feel like, to raise a kid in the city. True. We, I get home from 6.30 and I'm exhausted. And like, can we go to the park? I'm like, I can't take you to the park right now. But if I had a backyard, I can open up and you could run out. So... Yeah. So basically this is all... It'll be a big shift, but I think we're ready for it. What we will do to not have to go to the park at 6.30 at night. (laughs) Oh my gosh. If I have to go to this freaking... If I have to go to this park again, it's... Yeah. And you know, I think one of the things I'm also writing a lot about is just parenting and, you know, mothering for me. I am obsessed with my children, but mothering for me is really hard. Like, I find it so boring. <laughs> just like, <laughs> so boring. And I don't love things that have needs. And, you know, you know, my kids always have needs. They're like, mom, we're hungry. I'm like, I fed you four hours ago. 
They're like, I know, but kids eat three meals a day. I'm like, you know what? Good point. Okay, here we go. So I think being in a smaller town where there's just more kids around and they have more like autonomy to be out and about will be, will be better for everyone. I love that. That's really funny. Well, I, I have high hopes for the memoir if you continue to write like that, talking about like parent, you know, parenting is boring. That could just be the, <laughs> the whole chapter. So I, I mean, I kind of want to write a book called The Lazy the lazy Wife and like talk about being both a lazy wife and a lazy mom and, and explore all of those things about what it means. But we'll see. Maybe I'll start with an article first. <laughs> you might need, don't do lazy because there is a woman, Kendra Adachi, and she is the lazy genius. And now she has the lazy genius kitchen and it's, she's like a best-selling author. So I would pick a different word. Noted. Okay, yeah. good. No, yeah. She's so. like, she's claimed lazy, I think, even though of course she's super productive, but yes, you know. Love it. I, I have to read that. I have to read that. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. She has a podcast too on the same network as mine on Acast. So oh, awesome. you're welcome, Kendra, for the shout out. You can listen to me on her <laughs> podcast. You can listen to her on my podcast, blah, blah, blah. Well, do you have any advice for aspiring children's book authors? Oh man, I think it's, I think, you know, there's the act of writing because it brings you joy and you have a story to tell. And I think that's the most important part and it's sharing with the people you love. And yes, maybe you get published, maybe you don't, but I think so many people when it comes to writing is about like getting the book out in the world. And there's also just ways to get the book out in the world without having like a formal editor or a formal illustrator. Um, One of um, actually, one of my kids' favorite book is Laura Sanders' husband did a children's book and published it on Amazon. And and I, yeah, I just think writing is such a beautiful gift and storytelling is such a beautiful gift that some we don't have to pen the success of what we're writing on just getting it published. Because I think a lot of people have kids' books in them and it's also really hard to get published. Mm-hmm. And then once you're published, then you have to sell the book. People are always like, are you writing another kid's book? I'm like, well, I guess it depends how many books I sell. <laughs> you know. And so I think, yeah, write because you love to write, share it with friends, get, you know, go to FedEx and print it and put a cover on it and 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 spread the gift that way. And if you do get lucky to have an agent or a publisher, like that's amazing too, but it doesn't necessarily mean the story you're telling isn't worthwhile if that doesn't happen. Great advice. Very good. Carrie, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Mom's no time to read books. Thank you for... I love that our Princess Charming and somewhere right now are like living in the world together. I know. It's so cute. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. Good luck with I'll your move. You okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.